we'll just keep singing quietly up here. Pastor Gary for being willing to do that on the spot. Obviously, we didn't plan that out. Sometimes the best things don't have a plan. So, guy, you can take me probably down a little bit. I'll speak up here in a minute. So, You want to go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 25. We'll get there in just a minute. 1 Samuel 25. You know, I just I just encourage us to you know in the season that the world's in right now. I mean, it's a rough season right now. Has anybody noticed that? You may check the news or just, you know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of chaos in our world. And there's only one safe place. There's only one safe place that's in his presence. That's close to Jesus. doesn't necessarily mean you won't lose money or have something happen that's temporary on this earth. But you're truly safe in the presence of the Lord. The enemy cannot snatch you out of his hand. The scripture says that. But I think the only safe place, the only place to, to know how to deal with just whatever chaos goes on in our world if you read the news or not if you don't read the news you might actually feel better than those of us that check the news sometimes you know but there's we're getting closer to the end and uh i know that's a brilliant statement because tomorrow will be one day closer and i don't know for sure when jesus is coming because it says nobody can (laughs) but it does say we'll recognize the seasons, the season that prepares his coming. And so, you know, get, just get close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord in this season. That's my just encouragement is, is uh, that's the only safe place. That's the only place where confusion and all those things won't begin to remove your peace from you. You know, because there's, there's things that going on that can happen that 
you know, we let what's happening in our world affect what's inside of us. And Jesus said, look, you'll have many troubles in the world. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So if it's not from him, if it's a trouble that's going on from this world, then be encouraged that he's overcome that. And so the, the place to find strength to continue to realize that reality that he's already in you, that he's already overcoming, is in his presence, is to be close to the Lord. So that's my first sermon of the day. So you like that short one? A lot shorter than the next one, trust me. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, Josh, for being sensitive to the Lord this morning. And believe, there, there's, there's two times where, um, I'm not meaning to kind of point out my brother or kind of toot his horn, but uh, one of the gifts that my brother has is is he operates in words of knowledge. So he knows what certain things that God reveals to him. So when he says God's going to deal with depression, that wasn't just like a fun, he just went down a list and said, let's see, what could some people have a hard time with here today? Let me pick one out and I'll throw it out there. No, that was something that the Lord, that the Holy Spirit said, hey, I'm going to deal with this right now. I'm ministering this right now. And the same thing with the passion for the Lord. Believe that you receive something. Believe that you receive something. Jesus said, believe, you know, if you pray and you pray with faith, if you believe that you receive it, then you have it. It's yours. Praying, believing that you've already received, it will be yours. He says that right after he's talking about moving mountains. You know, we're not just here to have some emotional time and our emotions can get involved, and that's fine. We're Pentecostal church, it's certainly fine, right? <laughs> People come in, why did everybody cry in this church? <laughs> I mean, when you get in the presence of the Lord, some of us laugh a lot, some of us cry a lot. Just That's, that's just a sign that, that He's making Himself, making us aware that He is already here. So, uh, But I, I encourage you, believe that you receive something, whether it's freedom from depression, ministry during that time, or whether it's passion for the Lord and impartation that was released this morning, believe that you've received it. You take hold of that. You say, I, I, something happened in my life today. Something changed in my life today. Well, I don't feel any different. Well, tell your feelings to get with the program and get with the truth of God. Because we don't live by our feelings. We live by the truth of God's Word and the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. You know, we, many of us got an opportunity to pray for a man who's prayed for probably all of us in here. And you know what? I believe the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and woman. That was talking about people are powerful and effective. And you know what? Maybe God's just given us a chance to give back to J.D. what he's given to us. And so I'm going to pray with faith. So I'm going to believe in my heart that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is going to raise him up to 100% recovery. If it's the Lord's time for him, he can get better and then go home healthy. I don't think he's done with him yet. That's my personal opinion. 
That's the sense I get from the Lord. But we have an opportunity to pray in faith. And so thank you. Man, I, I can't tell you. I went to the hospital this week so many times. I would always run into somebody from our congregation. That's encouraging. And that shows the impact that uh, J.D. and Dorothy have had on our lives. So thank you for doing that. Okay, this is the third sermon. So today is Mother's Day, and as I was praying, um, I said, Lord, um, you know, I really want something for, for the ladies. And, you know, let me be the first to say, I know nothing about women. <laughs> okay? I know you didn't know that. <laughs> every, every, every honest man in here will say, you know... Um, in the grand scheme of things, I have, I have gained very little knowledge, okay? I use, try to use what I have to the best of my poor ability, okay? And so, wives, when you look at your husband, you know, just have pity on him, okay? <laughs> because we don't understand you sometimes, many times, maybe all the time. But we do love you. We do love you. And so I was asking the Lord, you know what, I want something for the ladies. And you know what, guys, just go to sleep. No. (laughs) Just, you know, I think we can all gain something. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, I want you to, I want you to go to the story of Abigail. And you're like, and if you're real well versed in your Bible, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're not, that's okay. You're going to get a little more well-versed. But Abigail appears one time in the Bible. And she is an amazing woman. The picture we get of her is a woman who literally, she's, she's a powerful woman who stands in the gap and, and stands against disaster coming and triumphs. So I want you to, so ladies, what I'm, what I'm bringing to you today is not to say, hey, here's what you should be like. Now feel really bad that you're not quite like Abigail yet. No, that's, that's not what we're looking for today. What I'm looking for today is say, hey, let this spur you on. Here's what's possible with God. And if some of these characteristics or the things that Abigail did, if they just, something burns in your heart that says, I want that, Lord, then ask. You know, I was watching a movie. Um, I, so, I, I don't watch many movies, actually. But I was watching this movie, and it's a Christian movie, and it's, it's a little bit cheesy. It starts out a little bit cheesy, but it's called The Encounter. Have you seen it? Bruce Marciano. And it's the story of, of uh, these four sets of people that are driving through a storm one night, and the road gets blocked. And they go back to this diner, and the diner is run by Jesus. He appears before them, and he's got this little name tag. It says Jesus. So they all walk in, and they're all in different points. And so, you know, there's a little bit of this. It's almost intentional cheesiness. Some of it is, is intentional. Like, hey, let's play with this and have fun. But there's, some, there's so many powerful things in there when you have Jesus talking right to you. And he speaks into their lives. It's, it's not 
high-tech. It's not an action movie. It's just Jesus talking with them about their lives and inviting them into a relationship with him. Some of, one of them already has it, but the others don't. And it's interesting. There's one point, and it's so interesting to see because, you know, when we pray, you know, we, we don't see God. We, we can't, you know, when, we're ta- when we talk to him, we can't see him, you know, with our physical eyes. But it was so interesting to see uh, this man whose marriage was struggling. Basically, his wife had walked out and was even going to drive with another man somewhere else. And um, he turns to the guy and says, Jesus, can you help me? And he says, or, you know, what can I do to save my marriage? And Jesus responds to him. Ask me and I will. And you know, it's, it's, it's so, it was so conversational. It was so natural. I mean, it, it was like the picture of, hey, look at a picture of prayer here. And, and then the man just says, Lord, Jesus, save my marriage. And he's looking right at him, looking at a, you know, a person who's representing Jesus right there. And Jesus says, okay. <laughs> or something like that. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. And he does. So ask, if there's something here that you say, Lord, I want that, this is not meant to condemn and say, measure up to this woman. You need to work harder to be this kind of woman. And if you would be this kind of woman, we men would understand you more. No, this is an invitation from God saying, hey, look what's possible in me. There's gifts and, and, and abilities and character that I'll release to you. So let's look at the story here. The account of Abigail in 1 Samuel 25. And we're going to read a lot of scripture. So just, just hang with me here and read along or read along on the screen if you don't have a Bible. And it says, Now Samuel died and all Israel assembled and mourned for him and they buried him in his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Maon. A certain man in Maon who had a property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and 3,000 sheep, which he was shearing in, in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent, or even more literally, she was a discerning and beautiful woman. But her husband, a Calamite, was a surly man and mean in his dealings. While David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. Let me stop and just... You understand what's going on here is David and his men had protected this, this guy's property, this guy's sheep. He was, he was there overseeing and watching out for them while they were taking care of the sheep. So, in other words, he was kind of guarding his bank. I mean, he was, he was watching over his men and his possessions. And so David is sending a request saying, hey, I've done this for you. Can you please give us, basically, can you feed us? Can you, can you give us something to eat? We're, we're wandering through the land. Can you help us right now? So when David's men arrived, verse 9, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. 
Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to the men from who knows where? So David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. And David said to his men, Put on your swords. So they put on their swords, and David put on his, and about 400 men went with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. So they're angry. They're going to they're gonna do something bad here. One of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, here's what they did. They were a wall around us all the time. We were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. So look at what Abigail does. Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five saves of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the desert so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. And when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and she bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame fall on me alone. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool. And folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master, because he fights the Lord's battles." Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord has brought my master's success, remember your servant. 32, David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment or your discernment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who's kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. I've heard your word. 
And when, they, when Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing until daybreak. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things. And his heart failed him and he became like a stone. Uh, he became paralyzed. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Then David sent word to Abigail asking her to become his wife. That was quick. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you to take you to become his wife. She bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Here is your maidservant ready to serve you. And washed the feet of my master's donkey. Abigail quickly got on the donkey and attended by her five maids, went with David's messengers and became his wife. And David marries another person. It, it was another time. Okay, just, let's just, we'll not address the multiple marriages going on there. It was another time. And so I want you to, I want us to, we read a, a good portion of scripture. Um, you know, you, this may be the first time you've ever heard this account. You may, I've never even read about that. See, you know what, your, your sister's name. This is the story from the Bible where your sister's name comes from. And it's a great name, great namesake. And so Abigail, you got, I, I, I saw three, three just very powerful things. And the first one was the most important. And I think today, more than anything, God is raising up women to be like, like Abigail in, in, this one, in this one regard. And that's in the area of discernment. You'll notice there's several places when we first meet her. It says she was discerning, she had good judgment, and she was beautiful. Okay? So she was a, a, a woman who was, who was full of discernment. She recognized what was going on. She, she was spiritually discerning of, of things that were happening around her. She was married to a loser... <laughs> I mean, what do we know about Nabal? He was, you know, he's, everything is negative. There's not one good thing we see about the guy. And the last time we see him, he's just getting drunk. So, I mean, there's just not much good about him. And, you know, he doesn't listen. He's evil. He's wicked to people. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's greedy. He's not generous. But in the midst of this environment, you have this, you have this jewel of a woman who says, look, I'm not going to be dragged down by, me, by the environment that's around me, whether that's my husband, whether that's my family, whether that's the environment I live in in this moment. I'm not going to allow that to bring me down to its level. I'm going to step above that. I'm going to recognize what God is doing. And there's, there's a few key, key things that really show us how discerning that Abigail was. And there's, if there's one thing we need today is discernment. You know what, ladies? Sometimes we as men, we miss it. We need your discernment. I think it's a total, especially in the new covenant, those of, those of us who have given our hearts to Jesus, you're new. You're now a new person. And you're not like Eve, who was deceived. And I think the flip side of that is now, under the power of the Holy Spirit, that you are transformed from being deceived in the moment with the enemy or what's going on, to being discerning and able to act with wisdom and power in the midst of those moments. That's the, that's the power of the cross right there is you're no longer like Eve. I know the Bible gives Eve a bad rap. It gives Adam an even better rap. 
A batter. A batter rap. It's all right. We're in Texas, right? Every once in a while you can break the grammar rules. <laughs> My dad's not here. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, it was something I really sense. I really want you to catch that, that, that ladies, that there are some things that you will know now because God has empowered you that you will be discerning to recognize. And husbands, men, sons, whatever, uh, friends, Sometimes we need to recognize when God is speaking to those women around us who are full of the discernment of God. And if you're not full of it, I believe God wants to give you that. I believe God wants to make you like Abigail. I think she was a woman who was, look, I mean, she was such an amazing, don't, don't think it was just because of her looks that David at this point called for her to be his wife. David got trapped up in that later. This is David is like totally clean at this point. He isn't he hasn't stumbled. He's been without without wavering. He's been a man of, of perfect integrity. When he saw this woman, this one like, hey, that's a good looking one. Let's add her to the add her to the group. Now I think he's he recognized something when he encountered this woman and said, This is a woman of God. And there's several things. It says verse eighteen, she recognized that there was coming disaster. The New Living Translation says she wasted no time. If you look at verses 28, you know, there's a long section there and there's a lot of wording that we don't use anymore where you say, as surely as the Lord lives and all, the, all these different things. That's just how they talked back then, just a little bit different, just like someone coming from Massachusetts and wondering why we talk weird. Um, so that's what, what she has all these words to explain what's going on. But it's so interesting that, that Abigail in this one moment discerns so much about David. Do you recognize how much she sees? Look at verse 28. She says, look, um, please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master. She's, she already recognizes that David is forever going to have a dynasty of his kingdom. She is seeing all the way to Jesus. Jesus came from the line of David. She is recognizing the hand of God upon David, that his, there's an anointing on his life, that God has his hand on his life, and that she says, look, you're going to have a lasting dynasty. She has, she has discernment and revelation right in that moment. Hey, th- I know who you are. And further on down there, she says, you know, the Lord fights your battles. Um, you know, even though someone is pursuing to take your life. Who is trying to take David's life at this time? Saul. The current king was trying to kill David, his son's best friend. And so right there, she is discerning. She's recognizing uh, there's, there's nothing that says here she knew who David was before that. She may have. She may not have. But she recognized God's calling and hand on his life. What does it say? Look, verse 30. It says, when the, Lord, when the Lord has done for my master every good thing and has appointed him leader over Israel... She already knows. She says, look, I'm going to even speak it into existence. You're going to become the king of, of this people. You're going, to be, you're going to become king. Remember, David at this point was like a rebel bandit running around hiding with a bunch of scraggly looking guys who didn't get to shower very often and probably didn't shave and stunk. I mean, when David got his men, it said everybody who was discouraged, who was downcast, and who was, who was depressed went to David. That was, his, that was his men. What an army. <laughs> what an army. <laughs> and they go hiding around. They have to hide in the mountain, hide in the caves, and they're running for their lives. 
So it doesn't look like this guy's going to be anything. But, but she discerns and recognizes um, in that moment who David is in God. And I believe the Lord wants to, to give that to many of us. And we need women who will recognize that. And not only that, but who will do something about that. Uh, you know, Proverbs uh, 31, if you can shoot that on there. How many of you ladies, I've heard my wife's, well, I think I've heard my wife say this. I'll, let me say it that way. That's safer since she's not in here. You know, you read Proverbs 31 and you can read it one of two ways. It can be like, oh, shoot, I'm not doing enough. I better get busy. I'm really not going to acquire this. Or I think the better way to read it, again, is an invitation to say, here's what happens when you submit your life to the Lord. You're going to become a woman who fears the Lord and people will praise you. Um, look at this in verse 26. It says, look, she, this is the Proverbs 31 woman. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Isn't that good right there? That's just, that's just so amazing. The, the God will give that to you as you submit yourself to him. So, but the, the second thing she was, was she not only was discerning, she was courageous. It's one thing to recognize what's going on, and then it's another thing to do something about it. Because there's a lot of people that, Recognize what's going on, maybe, but then they do nothing. Wasn't that, isn't it in the book of James where it says, He who knows what to do and doesn't do it, it is sin? 517? 417? I knew that this gentleman quoted that to me recently. So, James 417, if you know the good that you should do and you don't do it, it's sin. And so, when, when the discernment comes, then there's something that we have to do with it. When the revelation comes, there's something. And what it says is, look, she wasted no time. Immediately she knew, I have to do this. I have to do something. Disaster is coming. I mean, David was going to kill everybody. Do you think she might have had a son? Most likely in that time, look, they're having lots of babies, okay? It's not like, oh, we got two, we're good. No. (laughs) Especially if they're sons. Man, fill it on up, baby. Right? Right? That's, that's the, just the culture it was. So most likely she had some children that were going to die if she didn't do something. She had to stand in the gap for her children and say, no, I'm not going to let this happen. She recognized what was going to happen and then she said, I'm going to do something about this. And she courageously intervenes. It's a courageous intervention first. As she takes this gift, she runs to David. She prepares a, uh, an offering for him saying, look, let's, let's go bless this guy. This is, this is a man of God. This is one who did, who's blessed us. Let's bless him back. Let's return the favor to him. And, and then she begins something that I'll call courageous intercession. Because I think women of God today... There's going to be some courageous intercession that happens in your prayer times where you pray for things and something happens. Because what she does is she, some Bibles even say this right over the heading. They say, Abigail intercedes to David. There will be times where you recognize something and hey, you don't have, it's not that you have to get out and say something or do something, but God's saying, Pray. Intercede. How many of you have heard it said, you know, many people had a praying grandmother? 
I mean, that's a, that's a common thing. I, I, I wish the same was a praying grandfather. I mean, just because I'm a, I'm a guy, you know, I want to. But for whatever reason, I'm not even saying that's good or bad. But there's a reason that that's said. You know, in this movie I watched called The Encounter, one of these, one of this, the man who's there, um, he's a he's a rich football player. He's a retired football player. He's, he was been a star, and then he opened his own chain of restaurants. And he's a very prideful man. And Jesus says, "I'm here today to give you this personal encounter with me, to give you one more chance, because your grandmother prayed for you, and she poured out her heart to me day in and day out." Ladies. Your prayers work. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers for your children, your prayers for your children's children, your prayers for your friends, your prayers for your spouse, they work. They are powerful. Don't stop doing that. Look, the Lord will reward you. There's many of you who prayed, and there's no recognition for praying on your own, right? The only recognition is the one that counts most where God says, well done. Good and faithful servant. Don't let that go. As you know, there's times where God's going to call you. It doesn't mean you have to be a fancy prayer. It doesn't even mean you have to pray for a long time. But step into that point, that place of intercession and say, I'm going to stand for this. I'm going to stand in the way of whatever that disaster may be. It may be a disaster in your family. It may be just a disaster in a relationship. It may be you know, physical. It may be spiritual. But stand. And there was no man who stood up in this moment. But there was a woman who stood up. You know, maybe on Father's Day we'll challenge us as men. But ladies, even if if your man doesn't stand up, don't be afraid that you stand up. You stand in the gap and you pray. The third thing that I see on Abigail's life, so she was discerning, she was courageous. And then if you look at the end there in verse 40 to 42, she's a woman of favor. You know what? She was in a bad relationship. And I'm not trying to say that if you're in a bad relationship that God's going to kill your husband. So don't, please don't take that prayer. I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, it'd be real easy to say, hey, look, God, that's how God got her out. Yeah, that's, how, that's what God showed her favor in. And you know what? Why she was so favored was she got to marry David. I know David messed up later. We all know that. We're very familiar with 2 Samuel 11. But this is 1 Samuel 25. This is where David is at his highest. Where he's walked with integrity and power and strength all his life. And before, Abigail had riches. But now she steps into blessing. Abigail is never mentioned again in the scriptures except to say she had a child with David. That's it. Later on, it mentions all David's children. And it says, this person, the son of Abigail. But I think 
that for the rest of her life, she lived in the favor of God and saw more blessing than all the cursing that she received under Nabal. And it's interesting, you notice, I want us to notice a couple things and we're going to close. Um, She averted this disaster for both her family and for David. Did you catch that? In that, in that place where, it's, where David says, Hey, look, you stopped me from avenging myself. In other words, David, even though David was going to mess up here. David was acting out of his flesh. David was just reacting. Basically, this guy ticked him off. And he said, Come on, let's go, Shane. Let's go, Austin. Come on, we can take him. Come on, Corey, Terry. Come on, Ronnie. That's all we need. We got Ronnie. <laughs> Come on now. 400 men said, we're going to go kick some hiney. That's what I use in my house, hiney. (laughs) We're going to go kick some hiney. And you know what? He He was reacting out of his anger, and he was going to do something that was maybe going to harm David's legacy before he became king. You know, a few chapters earlier, I mean, this, is, this just came to me, so this is, I know this is, this is something good. A couple chapters earlier, Saul slaughters an entire town of priests because of his anger for them helping David. And in this moment, God rescues David from being like Saul and says, no. I'll take care of it. And David releases it to the Lord, says, Lord, you thank you for and he he thanks Abigail, thank you for not allowing me to take this, you know, to avenge myself by my own hands. And so in this moment, David is is ultimately Abigail is pushing him to be who he is called to be as David, the man after God's own heart. And there is a power in a woman who fears the Lord and walks with God. There is power there. You know, throughout the centuries, women have been, you know, I know some churches won't even let women speak in front of men, and it's just ridiculous. Let me just say it that way. And we can get into theological arguments, and I can win. (laughs) But man, I just believe today, ladies... Don't be afraid to rise up in the Lord. Don't be afraid to be who you're called to be. Don't be afraid to stand and pray. Don't be afraid to stand and take action. Whatever that is, the Lord's going to lead you. It may not look like a big thing. Man, this is a big... This made it in the Bible. It may not be something that big. It may be something really quiet. But it changes history. David's history was changed. Although Nabal died, the rest of his family's history was changed. It didn't stop right there. And Abigail's history was changed as well. She went from a probably a pretty bad relationship to a good relationship, at least until Bathsheba. I understand that later on she had to deal with that. And I think that it's, it's very powerful to know that she did this in the midst of a very broken environment. Because sometimes we use the excuse of, well, I just had all this bad stuff happen and, and my family's all messed up and, and this is just, you know, 
No, you can rise up above that. In Jesus, you can be different. If you're in Him, you're a new creation. You don't have to be dragged down by your family, their past, or whatever's happened. I read a quote this week that said, Your past can either be your master or your teacher. It can either be something that you learn from and overcome and step into a new future, or it can be your master that holds you a slave for the rest of your life. So God is calling women today who will rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit, full of discernment, wisdom, and courage, who step out and confront disaster with humility and grace and change history. It doesn't have to look like this big thing to change someone's history. Man, with a little child, you can change history. With a coworker, you can change history. Maybe it's with your own spouse. You can change history. In a moment, everything can change. So I just want to pray. If Ladies, I know we've, we've had a prayer over you, uh, but if we could all just stand. I know we've got, we've got a great day of celebrating moms and remembering, for those of us who've lost our mom, remembering our mom who is with us and just thanking the Lord for all the, the wonderful things that, that she gave to us while she was here. But before we go, let's just, I want to believe today that we've had, we've had three things happen today, this morning in our service. We've, we've prayed over depression. We've asked for an impartation for God's passion. And now today we're saying, ladies, uh, we're releasing discernment, courage, and favor to you. Does that sound good? Sound good. So men, this is your time right now to say, whether it's your wife or your daughter or your mom or your grandma, or your aunt, whoever is is on your heart right now, begin to lift them up. Begin to pray for them right now. And we're going to pray together. I'm just going to pray. But let's begin. Just go ahead and begin to pray. Go ahead and begin to pray right now. If it's for your spouse or for whoever the God puts on your heart, go ahead and just begin to lift that up. Just just quietly under your breath. We don't have, you know, if you want to get louder, go for it. Lord, we just thank you right now, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for examples like Abigail, Father, that, that are not standards for us to measure up to. Lord, but they are destinies that that ladies are called to, Father. And I thank you right now for each and every one of these ladies that are here today, Lord. I speak a blessing over them, Lord. I bless them, Lord, with discernment, Father. I thank you that they will have eyes to see, to know the signs of the times, Father. They'll recognize things spiritually, Lord. They'll recognize things relationally, Father. They'll see things before they come. They'll be able to see far off that danger is on the way, And they'll say, I'm going to stand in the way and they'll have the courage to step out to intervene, Lord, to intercede, to pray, to ask you, Lord, to stand in the gap, Lord, in those moments, Father. They'll have power from the Holy Spirit to know how to pray, to know what to speak, to know what to say, to know what to do, to know when to listen, to know when to be silent and to know when to speak, Father. I thank you for that discernment, for that wisdom being released, Father, to them. Father, I thank that they'll walk in favor all their days, whether they're walking in the midst of broken 
brokenness or they're walking in the midst of blessing, Father. They are favored women of God. And I declare that over them today. We declare that over our ladies today, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we are a church family who's blessed with amazing women, who are amazing women of God, who are walking in integrity, who are walking with the Spirit, who are walking in holiness and love, Father, who are walking in discernment and wisdom and grace. We thank you for that. And, Lord, we bless them, Lord. We lift them up today. Father, we thank you, Lord. We ask for the, I ask for the impartation of Abigail to be released to ladies this morning. Lord, I ask specifically, there's, there's certain ladies who've been praying and asking, Father, and they need discernment right now. They, they need to know what you're saying. They need to know what's going on right now, Father. And I pray for those situations that it would be made clear right now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would just reveal it to them. Just as you reveal stuff to us, Father, that you would reveal it to them this very day. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We bless our ladies with favor. Lord, that they are favored of you. They are daughters of the King, Father. They are beautiful, Lord. Lord, we refuse to allow women to be defined by beauty by our culture. We say that's a lie, Lord. We define beauty by your word, Father. And you said a woman who's discerning, who's kind, Lord, a woman who fears the Lord. That's true beauty. That's true beauty, Lord. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for that. And we thank you for this day to remember and celebrate what a blessing that that moms are to us, Lord. Be with us, we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen.